Turn to 1 Kings chapter 22 and hold that place and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, hold that place. And then we're going to be in Job, we're going to be in Hebrews, and we're going to be in a lot of other places in Kings and Chronicles. So we just, just bear with me tonight, just something on my mind. Uh, it, it may be a blessing to you. I hope it is a blessing to you tonight. And, and to help you that we need. Like I told you this morning, we got, we're living in the last days. And I, I believe it's closer than we think. Uh, I think we've just gotten caught into this loophole. Well, he ain't come yet. He ain't come yet. He ain't come. And we forget he is coming back. And he says, you'll, you'll know the signs will tell you when he's coming back. And I see that. But tonight we're going to be looking at some storms again. Last Sunday night we done started on the storms, uh, a storm survivor. And uh, I want to be a Christian that can survive the storms that come in my life. Because they're coming. <laughs> storms are going to come in your life. There's no doubt about that. We know that everybody here will go through multiple storms in their life. You know, the weatherman, I watched the weatherman, they're predicting this and predict that, and they hope this happens, and they hope this happens, and they're predicting. They gave it a 70% chance or a 50% chance or a 30% chance. Can I tell you, I'm going to give you a 100% chance that storms are going to come into your life. And they're going to come hard, and they're going to come heavy. I'd like to stand here and tell you that you're only going to get one storm in your lifetime, then everything else is going to be Smooth sailing, but that, that's not going to be right. That ain't right. Look at 1 Kings chapter 22, verse number 48. Looking at the king Jehoshaphat, he has a good heritage. He is the son of Asa. Asa was a good king and realized that he needed the help from God, from the Lord, and Asaph grabs a hold of that heritage and runs with it. He's, he's a good king. Verse 48, Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go out to Ophir for gold. But they went not, for the ships were broken and easy on Geber. Then said Ahaz, the son of Ahab, unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat said, Would not. Now look over in 2 Chronicles, and uh, we'll go there, 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The same story we just read is recorded here in 2 Chronicles of Jehoshaphat, whose ships are going to go to use to go to bring gold back into the kingdom. But his ships were broken by a storm, and evidently, while these ships were still in port, God sent a windstorm and absolutely wipes these ships out. And I want you to understand something tonight, talking about this thought, storm survivors. Look at verse number 35. And after this did Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, join himself with Ahazah, the king of Israel, who did very wickedly, and he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion Geber. Then Elzalar, the son of Doda, Dovena of Merah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahazah, 
The Lord has broken thy works, and the ships were broken, that they were not able to go to Tarshish. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for the Lord. Just open our hearts and minds tonight, Lord. Let us just receive the word that we need to help our lives to grow for you, Lord. And we'll praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This storm in Jehoshaphat's life is not an all-encompassing storm. It doesn't cover all of Jehoshaphat's life. He, he, he has other ships. He has other things going on in the kingdom. But there's one little spot in Jehoshaphat's life that God was not well pleased with and not liking his association, his dealings. And God sends this storm not in the entirety of Jehoshaphat's life, but in just this little area of his life to provide some correction and provide some direction for his life. Now, I know when we talk about uh, uh, storms, uh, we think about storms that totally engulf our life, storms that totally change the directions of our life. We think about storms, it's the storm that brings life to a screeching halt. That's what we think about storms. When we talk about storms, we seem to think that they'll just pop up out of nowhere, like some random act. We don't know where it came from, and we're we're depending on God to stop it. But do you realize that storms are not always in that fashion? There are some storms in our life that are in for certain small areas of our life. They're not all-encompassing, and God puts them there for corrections in your life. You say, preacher, are you trying to tell me that storms that I go through, God uses them in my life for correction? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I don't want you to start thinking that every storm that comes in your life is sent for correction or judgment of your life. That's not true. You have to have enough discernment to, and a, a, enough walk with God that you can discern that, that storm, what it's for, and try to figure out why is it in your life. Why, you could say, is God trying to correct me, or is this just the devil trying to hinder me, or it's just because I live in this wicked world and life just happens. You've got to have enough discernment to figure those things out. But God does send storms into your life to correct you. God does bring storms in the lives of His people from time to time in small areas to correct us, to get us to where we should go and what we should be doing in our lives. Look at Job chapter 37 for me. Job chapter 37. Now, let me prove to you that God does send these storms into your life for that particular reason, to correct us. Sometimes we get off kilter. Sometimes we get out of shape, and God has got to bring us in, and God sends these little storms. Like I could say it's not an all-encompassing storm, but it's a storm that gets your attention in that part of your life. Job chapter 37, verse number 9 says, Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold coming out of the north. By the breath of God's frost is given, and the breath of the waters is straightened. Also, by watering the wearing, the, the thick clouds, he scattered his bright. He said, it, The wind, the snow, the rain, everything, God is bringing him. And it, it is turned around about by his counsel, that they may do whatsoever he commanded them upon the face of the world in the earth. 
13, he causes it to come whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. God sends those storms in your life for correction. He wants to get your attention. Maybe you've gotten off track somewhere and God has to bring you back in. So God's going to send that little storm into your life to say, hey, you're not where you should be and I want to get your attention. And that's what he's done with Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat had gotten himself in a way, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't walking away from God, but his areas of his life, God was not pleased with. There can be some areas in your life that God is not pleased with and he's sending those storms to get your attention look in Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 5 let's start at verse 5 and you have forgotten the exhortation that which speaketh unto you as you as children my son despiseth not the chastising of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourge every son whom he received. If ye endure chastening of, chastening of God dealeth with you as, you as with sons, for what son is whom the father chasteneth? Now, every one of us, all of us fathers have corrected us, amen? I mean, if you, had, if you had a father that would correct you, I mean, we had fathers that would actually correct you. Uh, you didn't hate them from then on. It didn't take you long. You forgot it. You went back to the Lord. He, and he got your attention when he corrected you. That's what God is saying. But if, you were, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all the partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we have given them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of the Spirit and live? For they... Verily, for a few days chastened in us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that he might be partakers of this holiness. He said, God correct us not to hurt us, not to uh, beat us down, but God corrects us to help us for our development and for his good and for his glory. That's why he said, that's why these storms come in your life. Go back to 1 Kings now. I'm not going to apologize for all these uh, scriptures you're reading because you need it. And how many of you read your Bible this week? So tonight we're looking at such a man. He is a child of God. He is trying to do right. He's trying to live for God. But this man has some areas of his life that God brings in this little storm to destroy these ships. And this storm is for the sole purpose of correction. I want to show you three areas that this man needed correction in. It, it, what did surviving the storm do for Jehoshaphat? And I believe it, it will help you and I if we get a hold of what this storm did for Jehoshaphat, it will help us. God brings these little storms to correct us, to get us back to where we should be when we get off track. When you get off track, God brings these storms in. We found this storm was to refocus his priorities. It was to refocus it. In verse 48, Jehoshaphat made these ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold. At this point in time in his life, he is more focused on gold than he is God. He is more focused on jewels than he is Jesus. He's more, more focused on silver than the Savior. Listen to me. It is easy in life to get to a place where you get 
your priorities out of whack. And you know why God sends those storms into your life? It is to get our priorities back in line with what God. He, he's, he, it is an easy living in this world. And he gets to a place in this world that it just becomes all about money. It's all about fun. It's all about the cars. It's all about the homes. It's all about taking care of this or taking care of that. We end up getting into a place where we're so covered up with all the trivial pursuits of this life and forgetting that the life is all about Him and not us. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added in all this other thing that we worried about. God said, I will give you. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you because I'm in the same boat. A lot of times my priorities get off whack. A lot of times I'm not thinking what I should be thinking or doing what I should be doing. And God has to send a storm in my life to get my attention and bring me back in line with God. I've got to learn to let loose of those temporal things and grab a hold of the eternal things. Problem is, a lot of Christian people have got that death lock on those uh, temporal things and they let loose of the eternal things and they got the focus all wrong. You need to put a death lock on the eternal things. That the temporal things are no longer mattering to you. Life is more serious than that. If you put more emphasis on the Lord than the life you have tonight, God will take care of it. See, easy to get to a place where your, your priorities get out of whack. It's very easy to get to the place. I don't know about you, but it is easy for me. It's easy to me to get to a place where uh, I care more about the job or care about the, uh, than God. It gets easy to care about what's going on in my life. It's easy to place to become more about the stuff Instead of the one who gave me the stuff. It's easy to get our priorities off whack. You don't know about the, uh, you don't know what it is bad, but many Christians, when you get to the uh, place where they get to worship it and the things and the stuff, instead of the one who gave them all the things they had. Job said this, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It is amazing when I look at Jehoshaphat's life he doesn't need all this stuff. You study in Jehoshaphat's life, he's already got more stuff than he could ever use in his lifetime. He doesn't know what to do with this stuff. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 17. I want you to see that this guy, this guy who really got his priorities messed up. And we're the same way. We'll get our priorities. Look at chapter 17. Look at verse 11. And also some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and tributes, silvers, and the Arabians brought him flocks, 7,000 and 7,700 rams and 7,000 and 700 of the goat, he goats. And Jehoshaphat was waxed great exceedingly. He was built in Judah castles and cities of store. He, he in fact, then chapter 18 verse number one if you read that it said that he was he had so many riches he had riches and honor abundantly he has more money he has more stuff and yet he's spending time spending money to build ships to go to another place to get more gold more things to get out 
Isn't that just like us? The truth it is tonight, we are blessed people of God. God has given us so much. Uh, when you really look at your lives, we have clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, food in our belly. Don't doubt that any one of us here cannot just stop by Big uh, uh, McDonald's and get us a, a Whopper or a Big Mac on the way home with just the change you have laying in your coffee cup holder there. Every one of us are blessed by God. God has been good to us. But yet here we're so many times we're searching and looking and grabbing for things in this life instead of looking and saying, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done through me. Thank you for the blessings you've given me. If you're not careful, you get your priorities whacked, God will let a little windstorm come in your life. He's going to get your attention. This guy had so much stuff, the Bible said he had to go build cities. He didn't go out and rent a pod to put the things he got in. He had to build cities to put all the stuff. He had more stuff than you can deal with. To remember what's important, God may bring some wind, a storm to your life, a little sickness, blowing a little trouble in your life. It'll get your priorities back straight with God. Focus on family. Focus on uh, things that you need to be focusing on. Focus on reading, on reading the Bible. Focus on witnessing. Uh, focus on God more. Focus uh, on what you need to be. But God will get your attention by sending that storm that get your priorities back where they need to be. Listen, when your priorities get out of whack, it keeps you from God. It'll keep you from God. It'll keep you from church, from your family on a regular basis. Now, I realize that when the ox falls in the ditch, you need to get it out. You need to do what you want to do. But when it becomes an everyday thing, when it becomes all-encompassing, all that you do, that, that's your life. It's all about that. Let me tell you what, your priorities have gotten out of whack. Reinforce, you need to reinforce your priorities with God, and God will help you. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it came to remove a problem from his life. God sent a messenger, a preacher, Eleazar, and he comes to prophesy. He, he, he preaches to Jehoshaphat in the middle of the verse, because thou hast joined thyself of the Asa, the Lord has broken thy words, and the ships were broken that they were not able to go to Tarshish. You know, one of the main problems with Jehoshaphat, he started early in his life, early in his reign, he was always yoking up with the wrong crowd. In chapter 18, verse 1, it said, it said he joined infinity with Ahab. Do you remember who Ahab was? <laughs> He's a wicked, ungodly, king not only is he wicked ungodly un and godless he was married to a wicked and godless woman named jezebel but here is the king of jehoshaphat he had hooked up with them he had he yoked up with them said hey I, i'm gonna yoke up with you know what god don't want you yoking up with people that you should not yoke up with and they're the ones that push israel into apostasy 
You know who Azar is. Do you know who Azar is? That is Ahab's son. And the Bible said that he yoked up together. They were going to build ships together. And you know what the, uh, God said? Nope. I'm done with it. In chapter 19, Jehoshaphat yoked up with Ahab. God got mad about it. Look at verse number 19, chapter 19, verse 2. And Jehu, the son of Hannah, the seer, prophesied, went out to meet him and said to the king of Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them and hate the Lord? That's a good question. That's a good question. You can love the ungodly and hate the Lord? Maybe we ought to be asked a question too. Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. You realize the ship thing is the second time God has spoken to Jehoshaphat. This is the second time God has come to warn you. He did not listen the first time. The man of God came and told him, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. You know what God does next time? God sent him a message in the wind. I, I couldn't get your attention the first time. I tried it the nice way. I sent somebody and told you you should not do that, but you wouldn't listen. Now, I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to send a wind. He said, Lord, I, God said, I'm going to send this message in the wind. There goes your ships. They're broken up. They can't do anything for you. I'm just going to let you know I have, I've been watching you. I'm seeing you. I don't like what you're doing. Because we get out of priorities. Because we get out of whack. And God says there's some things in our life that we need to get removed out of life. The problem is we, a lot of times we just don't want to release the things that we have in our life. We like to hold tight to those things and we just don't want to let go of them. We refuse to let go of those things. And God has to send that storm, that little storm, just for that area of your life to get you to realize, I don't want you yoking up with that. I don't want that in your life. God does not, listen to me, God does, want, does not want you yoking up with anybody that will drag your life 180 degrees away from God. And that goes for young people. When you marry, you better make sure that person you marry, they're not ones that are going to drag you away from God, but will get you closer to God. And that's what God's saying. You yoked up with the wrong people. And at times we do that. Christians do that today. A lot of Christians can do that today. They yoke up with the wrong crowd thinking, hey, I might be able to be an influence on them. And after a while, you're out of church. Because they came a bigger influence on you than you was you on them. God said, I don't want you to yoke it up with them. I don't want you to do it. He said, I'm going to send this storm to remove it out of your life. Look at 1 Kings 22. 22. This, is what he, this is what they said about this man, Asa. It's a whole lot better to sever your relationship with a man like that than sever your relationship with God. I'd rather have fellowship with God than a man like Asa tonight. Now watch this. God gets Jehoshaphat out of this relationship just in time because he yoked up with the wrong people. 2 Kings 1 and 2 and verse, chapter 1 verse 2 and Asa fell down through a lattice in his upper room chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. If you read the, chapter, the rest of the chapter, he dies from this. 
Now, what would have happened if Jehoshaphat had been there with him when this happened? Supposing Jehoshaphat fell through the lattice with him when they failed, he would end up dying. He'd end up dying. You see, God brings that little correction to life because God looks ahead of that crowd that you're trying to yoke up with and you're hanging out with. And God sees a major uh, destruction coming into their life. And God is trying to tell you, I don't want you there with them because there's something that's going to happen to them. And if you hang out with them, it's going to happen to you. God brings that correction in your life to get you off that path onto another path. I've seen times where God has rescued my life. I can look back and say, thank you, Lord. If I'd have kept going the way I was going, I'd have wound up in the wrong place. I've seen that in my life. I'm hanging out with the wrong crowds. I've got family members that I grew up with. If I'd, if I'd have stayed here and hanged out with them, there is no telling where I would have wound up at. I know that to be a fact. Parents, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. You need to watch who you hang out, who you yoke up with. Because your children are watching them. And maybe down the road they might yoke up with them later on when you're gone. Be careful how you are. In fact, uh, Jehoshaphat gets married. Who do you think he marries? Ahaz's sister. Ahab's daughter. So he had this problem from get-go. He, was, he yoked up with the wrong people. He had his priorities wrong. And God's trying to get it out of his, out of his life. He said, look, you've you done something wrong. I want you to get your attention. And it all happened because his parents, his father, was hanging around with them. Not only will it destroy your life down the road, but it destroy your children's life down the road too. You be careful who you hang out with who you're yoking up with, who you're walking with, who you're talking with. You better be careful of that. So he, he used it to get his priorities straight. He used this storm to, uh, uh, to remove something out of his life. And I praise God. I thank God. I, 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 not every storm is an all-encompassing storm, but it's in an area that I need God to get a hold of me in some areas to get me back on track where I need to be. And every one of us can use those little storms in our life. But a lot of times when that storm comes in our life, we just like Jehoshaphat the first time, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. And sometimes it takes that storm God sends to get you where you need to be. But not only does it make him get his priorities straight, it removes some things out of his life that he don't need, but it also makes him re resolute in the position. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 49. After the ships have broken, after everything's been done, Asa comes to him after the ships, and he said, Then said Ahazah, the son of Ahab, unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships. But watch Jehoshaphat says now. But Jehoshaphat said, Would not. He would not. After the storm, Jehoshaphat said, When Ahazah came back after the storm, Hey, we're still yoked up, brother, ain't we? We're still tight. It's you and me, ain't it? We're together, right? And Jehoshaphat said, No. I, I'm not going down that road again. God has done told me. God's done warned me. God sent this storm in my life. You go do what you're going to do. I'm going to go do what I do. I'm going back to serving God. I'm going back to walking with God. God has got my attention. Because I found out if you keep hanging out with you, 
God's going to send another storm in my life, and it might be more than what I, the first one. It might be an all-encompassing storm. This one just tore up the boat. The next one might hit a little closer to home. You see, the final, finally he gets to the place that he doesn't let the storm go to waste. Boy, that's, that's a profound statement. Don't ever get to the place in your life that you let the storm that God sends to your life go to waste. Don't let it go to waste. Please don't misunderstand me tonight, though. I'm not saying every storm in life is for correction. It's not. But I'm saying this. Every storm of life is for development, not Every storm is for correction, but God does use every storm to develop us to be a greater way to give Him the glory. A storm is to develop you. So what God does to get this man resolved in his stance to the place where he says, No, sir, I'm not going down that pathway. I'm not hooking up with them no more. I'm not going to that place no more. I'm going to stay away from them people that are no good. What does God do to get him to say that? I'm going to stand where God told me to stand. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to live for the Lord. What did God have to do? He had to remove some things from his life. He had to rearrange his priorities in life. He had to get refocused. Then he got resolute. I find many times that this is the pattern of my life. God has to refocus me. He has to remove something from me. Then I say, oh, I hear you, Lord. I got you. I understand now. You, 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 you got me on that. I understand. I'm not going back down that way. I'm not going that way no more. I'm going to stay this way. Here's a man that's not only a storm survivor, but he also grabs a hold of that, what God was trying to say in his life. God got his attention. God got him to realize our priorities sometimes get off whack. This life is short. We can't go along blowing that whistle all the time. This life is short and it's going to end Soon, your priority needs to be straight. God got him refocused. God removed some things from his life. And then he was able to stand and say, I'm not going to move. I'm going to do this for God. Maybe God has sent a storm to your life. You just ain't quite figured out what it's for. Maybe you've been facing something. Maybe you've been dealing with something. Maybe you just have not figured out what it's for and God is trying to get your attention. You need to have enough discernment of the storm and a closer walk with God to understand what God is trying to do when a storm comes your way. You need to figure it out. Not every storm from God. The devil throws some at you. The world definitely throws storms at you. Life does that. But you've got to understand, when God brings a storm to your life, it's to correct you. It's to get your attention. Put you back on track. Get our priorities straight with Him. Because that's what He said. Amen. The storms of life. Are you a storm survivor? You can be. You can be a storm survivor. If you take 
These simple little instructions, let God deal with you. You can be a storm survivor. Amen.